Greetings, Space Burgers, and welcome to another episode of The Space Cave. A big warg to all of you. Ooh, sounds like a pickup truck in the distance from a hotel room in Bend, Oregon. Who knows what it sounds like elsewhere? Tucked safely in a cave in the nether regions of the furthest reaches of our known universe. Um, thanks to those of you who came out to the shows, Portland, Oregon was real fun and Bend, Oregon, not only, well, the show itself, if we're honest, wasn't the most fun. There were some drunk people in the crowd, but afterward got to go to the Hopservatory at Worthy Brewing, which was real fun. Brian Dunning of the Skeptoid podcast, uh, had an in and he came to the show and, uh, we went and hung out with this guy, Grant, who runs the... Uh, observatory there and got to check out Saturn in a way, looking through a telescope and seeing not only just Saturn, but the rings around Saturn was incredible. So uh, thanks to both of those people, those gentlemen for um, making that happen. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And hopefully we'll be back in the not too distant future to experience more of Bend, a fantastic place and particularly the Observatory at Worthy Brewing Company. Thanks to Trina McElroy for the suggestion for doing that. Thanks to those of you who have come out to the shows. I'll be in Boise, Idaho this weekend at the Lounge at the End of the Universe, which my friend Jen Adams runs, which I'm very excited to be a part of. Um, She started a show or a venue there, the Lounge at the End of the Universe, with kind of a um, hitchhiker's guide sort of theme to it, which I'm excited to be a part of. As you know, with this show, I love uh, Douglas Adams, just the whole concept overall. So anyway, what else? Not too much. It's been it's been a, a fun tour getting all these shows together. Only a couple stops left, Boise, Idaho, and then Minneapolis, Minnesota. If you live in either of those places, come out and uh, I'd love to see you there. Okay, let's get to part two with my friend Joanna. As you know from part one, she was transitioning from a uh, career in entertainment to getting into law school. And this, in part two, we get further into the why of uh, the reasoning for doing that. And I think you'll just love it. She's fantastic. I hope you like it as well. Here you go. So this was the, as we left off last time, talking about the rules as we know them as life goes along and we are, which sounds like such a, an amorphous moving thing. They're like, wait, the law has to be something more concrete than that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is, but it's up to an officer's discretion as to whether or not to cite you for jaywalking, let's say, or rolling through a stop sign where you go, but that's the law. You got to stop at stop signs. Sure. And then... Yeah, Same. like on the on the ground in the street, what does the police officer do? Does the DA decide to bring charges? Mm-hmm. What charges are they, you know, willing to uh, 
pursue with more vigor than yeah. others, perhaps? If it's just the stop sign, then people go, oh, just move on. It's That's a tiny thing. But now say there was a search and seizure that was enacted because they saw you roll through a stop sign, which you were adamant, no, I did not. I stopped. You try to subpoena video footage to show you did stop. Now the guns, the weapons, the person you were trafficking whatever you were arrested what for, are you doing this i'm just to me the law like expands really quickly in yeah, that situation yeah so it goes into like and i'm a bad guy i'm rolling stop signs i'm kidnapping got a, people a bunch of guns in the back <laughs> got all my guns and my drugs and i've got an illegal cockfighting ring i got a lot of stuff in this car so i don't want this stoplight ticket or stop sign ticket to go any further so now the law is something that i'm trying to manipulate and i think it's breakfast of champions I'm not positive, but it's a Kurt Vonnegut book where someone says, tell me one thing that's true. And this woman says, God is love. And then the response is, what is God? What is love? So that to me is how like an attorney examines things. Mm -hmm. Just say, tell me a factual thing. You're supposed to stop at a stop sign. All right. Define stop. Stop Define stop sign. Define every part of it. And then you start going, what do you mean? The onus is now on you to define the laws with which we live by. And so the... It depends on how, on your definition of is. Yeah. Was, uh, was that Clinton, I think? Oh, with the impeachment, the, with the yeah. sexual... I did not have sexual relations? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, end of the day, like a judge, a judge is there to oversee the pursuit of that, to make sure that the jury's experience is as sort of unfettered and untainted as possible so that when they are doing that application they're doing it to the best of their ability and sort of the cleanest that the law can get but then the cleanest might involve again me and my cockfighting kidnapping crazy they got they arrested me and they didn't read me my miranda rights Mm -hmm. now going back again the law might say whoa whoa whoa, we got a definitively bad person and yeah, maybe we use probable cause on a traffic citation that wasn't warranted, but we knew this was a bad person and we used what we had to. Then we did the arrest inaccurately. If that, if I, the bad guy, have a lot of money, could I use the law in its cleanest sense to go, you blew it? Well, maybe not even a lot of money. I mean, if you blow it that bad, potentially, you know, I think that's, that is one of those things It's you know you look at this application of law and there might be times where like you feel you've got this gut reaction again idiot law school school student <laughs> uh since we're since we're back again i'll preface with that um just a reminder this yeah. is a young idiot law school student doesn't know what she's talking about this has been your reminder watermark <laughs> um that like You will have a gut reaction of like, oh, this case should go this way. Yeah. You know, we read a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. It ought to turn out this way. This person ought to get that time or get let off, whatever. And it doesn't necessarily always go that way. And it can be frustrating. But at the same time, if you're committed to this system, then you say, well, that is an enactment of the system. And the answer that we get is right or not right. But then we have baked into the system the ability to appeal that. Yeah. And you might go all the way up and get a response that you don't want yeah. or that feels potentially not right, but then you have to recognize that your idea of right might be at odds with other people's ideas of right. Yeah. And th- so again, that I think asking in the end of part one 
your political ideologies or leanings or just opinions, whatever, how you would describe them, would maybe not jibe well with certain things in this is the law or this is how these, in say whatever state you're in that has a different set of, um, what would you call them, like... Like moral principles, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Principles that they uh, guide themselves by that you'd go, wait, wait, wait. This is this is wrong. And they'd go, not in this state. Mm-hmm. This is this is how things operate. And you'd go, okay. Whew. But we're a bunch of United States, right? But I mean, that's this is so what's interesting about this country and just the way we live our lives is like we're one united country. We're all these different little states, mm-hmm. state law versus federal law. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know. I think that that is something. There are some areas of the law where you really have to set aside your own personal opinions, um, for better or for worse. Because again, you know, like nobody can totally wipe out their opinions. Nobody can totally wipe out their um, moral or political philosophy. Uh, I think a lot of people were frustrated slash inspired when uh, Ginsburg spoke out about Trump. Mm-hmm. People were saying like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like you, you of all people are not supposed to talk about this. You're not supposed to have a political opinion. But she's still a human being who had a right. whole life before this, who had a whole legal career before this. Um, and it's the same with anybody who's like in the law somewhere is they they're a human being who is raised in the world. They're not sort of raised mm-hmm. in a box somewhere and then they sort of get turned out and then they're judges. Yeah. Um, when you guys look at the breakdowns of Supreme Court ruling things and, and you go, well, the conservative judges all voted this way and then there was one person abstained or and then this this person wrote the dissent and it was all the conservative judges that voted this way and you go, so they just pair up, that's it, they just go with their alignment. So they are just people. They're, they're equally interpreting the law. It's never 9-0. Or I guess but at the same time, is. even that interpretation can be your true belief of like, this is what the law is and this is what it means. It it means literally the language in the Constitution. It means literally the language of the Constitution as interpreted by what the the framers Mm -hmm. of the Constitution intended it to mean. This is what literally the language of the Constitution means in regards to how we live our lives now. Like all of these are different ways of approaching this thing that is, again, it's, it's this weird tension of like it's a concrete thing the law is a concrete thing but it's also this living organic thing right and so it can like it can be frustrating to be like oh well this is a conservative judge or this judge and you know I don't know I think it's a very interesting time to be going to law school Mm -hmm. but it's potentially always an interesting time to go to law school yeah um and I think it's recognizing that that human experience is part of what the law is at least that's for me like how i don't get eternally bummed out is to sort of say like well you know judges may have may lean a certain way may have a certain interpretation of the law but that that is part of who we are as a people who we are as a nation yeah and sort of taking all of that in and then applying it to this thing 
I like that when it someone abstains or sides with one group or the other, but for a reason that is, look, by the law, by the way it's written, this is a state's issue and therefore we can't vote on this. Mm-hmm. Or some of those decisions that the Supreme Court makes where I feel like, yes, I'm, I don't, it bothers me that sometimes two people were on the other side of it because it feels like there is an agenda or in one of those nefarious movies where behind the Washington Monument they're handing briefcases and saying like this has to happen that does seem like it (laughs) could exist when you don't see someone vote in a way that as far and again I'm a Wikipedia sort of like well as far as I understand it this law or the Supreme Court shouldn't have the ability to weigh in on this this Mm -hmm. is a state thing or so sometimes when they are unanimous or or but it it is interesting how that always seems to then align with the moments when you want it to be a states' rights thing, <laughs> right, and yeah. then the moment where you're like, you know what? I'd rather the Supreme Court come in. The gerrymandering thing was brutal. I mean, that felt like briefcases behind the scenes of the future of the country and our ability to have an honest election that was representative of our actual voting. And and maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But that is part of who we are as a nation. And like, yeah. I will say, it's like the thing. I have a professor who's always said. If you want to, if you want to apply the law, go to law school. If you want to change the law, go be a politician. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I one hundred percent, one hundred percent believe that. I think that yes, absolutely. I think again, the law is people standing up and battling it out, and then finding out what does what do these twelve people think, or what do these justices think? Yeah, um, and. So I think that there is a way to, I don't know if I would like change it so much as test it, explore it, push it, that can be done in the courtroom by lawyers, that it's not necessarily like a a political, just the realm of politics. Well, I know when I'm voting on local measures and it'll, you know, you flip through and it'll be like, this is supported by, and if it's all the lawyers, you know, I'd be like, like the League of LA Attorneys at large. I'd go, okay, like they must be, especially if it's a collection of defendants or, or sorry, defense attorneys, defend public defenders who are like, yeah, this would make a dramatic mm-hmm. impact. This would be helpful for the community. I want to know the people that are on the ground floor working on it every day. I want to know their opinions. So yeah. then, just by banding up that way and volunteering your time or your name to be a part of that measure is for someone like me a voter helpful then i know okay i trust them they're doing they're duking it out every day yeah so they can hopefully affect a little bit of change within the laws just based on and that i guess it's how do you view what change is because like i'm thinking about like you know that yes you can go to the legislature literally have different laws made passed and that is a way of changing the law if you view the interpretation so we look at like Thurgood Marshall and how are we applying these sort of potentially not race-based but race-influenced, influencing mm-hmm. laws. Like in theory, the laws are there or it's the same thing. You look at Ginsburg and, and her track record. It was uneven application of the law. We're saying the system should be even across the board and so we i mean do you maybe that's a place of saying like well it's not changing if you're just getting it more right yeah um or more just 
Yeah, yeah. Like we do that with race cars. Why wouldn't we do that with our legal system to like fine tune it and get it faster, get it sleeker, get it more efficient? Yeah. So we're just getting better at applying the law as we understand it. And then like you were talking about like a little bot or some sort of AI thing or oh, people talk about that all the time. I think because we're not we're the last generation of lawyers, and from here on out, it's just going to be little computers. Well, think about baseball in slowly implementing technology they can do replays they can mm-hmm. slow-mo oh the, the tag was there before the ball you know before the runner got to the base or you know they show the strike zone and then you see oh that was a strike but then a human has to go yep and call it yeah and over time i think people make this push where like humans have to be a part of the game so yeah, yeah that guy was wrong but that's part of the game because it's still a human in bat it's right. still a human running around it's still humans watching it i mean mm-hmm. it's the same thing with the law it's like you have i feel like i instinctually i feel like you have to have it based on human experience and the human reality and like i mean this is where my like undergrad like sort of like woo-woo kind of experience (laughs) cuts in. But yeah, I do think that it's, you know, it's the human experience is not a fixed thing and and therefore it's that kind of element has to be baked into the law. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, you do have to think about where does the law come from? Who wrote the law? Were the framers of the Constitution totally representative of the people that were in the country at the time of yeah. writing the Constitution? Not really. Not at all for some people. Yeah. And I think it is important to remember that and it's important to find ways of touching base with that constantly as a student. Um, if we are living in a scenario, sort of like Gattaca or Minority Report, where embryos are examined for genetic sort of probabilities in Mm -hmm. life that embryo then becomes a child that child is sort of monitored on a on a global scale that is the equivalent of a database that the whole world has access to or at least the internet version of it that it would alert every major uh, law enforcement agency when certain markers came up Mm -hmm. so this person's genes if they are watching this type of tv let's say or being exposed to this type of online content hey yeah. hey keep in mind so now all of a sudden that person gets a summons that says you are not allowed to own any weapons and now maybe we've <laughs> prevented school shooters and people like that yeah. but if i'm one of those people and i get a you can't have weapons i go i'm just sitting here playing video what the hell i'm just watching tommy boy i'm watching a movie why did i get this notice like well you have this thing now like minority reporter any of those movies i would feel like not me i don't care what your report says this is too this infringes too much on me yeah this is too uh, invasive and therefore i'd hate that system and, and I, yet yeah. if we saw crime be just diminished because we had a, we knew oh this person's father left do 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 keep an eye this person is now at a higher level they're mutilating squirrels now (laughs) yeah mandatory therapy we enact all these things that say okay you're a huge risk at this point you're harming animals your father's left you suffered a loss you lost a sibling based on your genes and these things that have happened you have to go to therapy and just get that summons dang it we ought to have that it seems like we should all the time anyway um I mean, that's, it's interesting that you bring that up. I wonder, if, is, is it on mine? Because we're talking about all these sort of red flag laws. And it's interesting. It's like our response to gun violence has been like, let's try and premeditate it as opposed to limiting the ability to access the that tool of destruction. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's what's potentially on mine for you. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I did a tweet about, you know, New Zealand 
one shooting happened, they went, all right, that's enough of that. Mm-hmm. And if you have an assault weapon, bring it back. We'll buy it from you. Beyond that, we're going to probably think of the next measure. But for now, that's the safest thing. And people went, okay, I'm not going to be, oh, not going to be able to have them. I might as well put it back. Here you go. Thank you. And they got paid. And someone wrote back to me and was like, you know, we have pawn shops now, so it's no different. And I, I, just the level of stupidity involved huh. in that, that like the pawn shop in no way takes them out of circulation, dum-dum. So yeah. that was maddening to me that that's where their mind would go. We already buy them back. We already have that option. So stupid. Um, but yeah, I think like th- thinking a little bit progressive, progressively like that. Yeah. That the, op- the opportunity to be at least universal. Kid in California that just drove over to Nevada. Oh, yeah. I mean... That uh, is is my right to not be shot at the mall, church, library, school, uh, synagogue, movie theater, synagogue, fair, college, outdoor food festival, country music concert, country music concert, uh, and so on. And and, and is that trumped by your your uh, right to have a gun? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are those are two rights, and and then again, it all comes down to interpretation. We look at. I was about to pull out my constitution, but I actually put it in my other purse. Oh, I have uh, one in the house. If you'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's like even looking at Second Amendment. If we're talking, you know, a well-regulated militia, are we only allowed to bear arms for the well-regulated Im- militia? Are we? Do we have the right because? We want to have a well-regulated militia. Like, how are we even... Again, it's words on a page, right? Yeah. We can point to it and be like, these are words on a page. This is the law. But how it's looked at, how it's interpreted, how it's applied, which is this living, breathing thing, is where we get to as a nation. I do think that the thing that frustrates me is I feel like we aren't as all as involved as we really ought to be. And I think that is a big thing. It's like we're all constantly dictated are we live our lives within the terms of the law mm-hmm. you know where you cross the street how fast you can drive um how many squirrels you can mutilate on a weekend yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if uh, someone's like a libertarian listening that's a tough one in that you're putting a lot of faith in a species humans mm-hmm. that really should not have many liberties if i'm the god of earth and i'm or even just the president of earth and i'm looking down from a spaceship at these little idiots losing their cell phones in the toilet walking accidentally into fountains i'm <laughs> there's no part of me that's like yeah yeah ride your motorcycle with no helmet not because i don't trust you someone's going to be texting and hit you and it's going to be bad news for you mm-hmm. i would just and yet part of me feels like do whatever the hell you want you want to do heroin you want to shoot a million guns great unfortunately society we really can't reconcile those two things yeah so on one hand we should have like an overlord that's like no 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 driving with your phone you'll text you dummy but that implies so this is the thing that always gets me is that implies the actual free ability to make that decision Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people are making decisions that are being imposed on them because of the environment that they were born into their educational opportunities the career opportunities that their parents had their ability for parents to own property to have like intergenerational property ownership yeah um their ability to move and you know move around the country to follow market trends to and then how they're viewed by society at large um all of those are things that are being put on them that when they go to make that decision of drive without helmet 
do heroin may not actually be the sort of pure, I'm making this decision on my own yeah. that we'd like to imagine it to be. And I think that it's the same thing with like civic engagement is like we've, we've been taught and this was the thing that I encountered when I was 22 and I was like, oh, well, Obama's won. Everyone's going to take care of everything forever. There will always be an adult in the room. And that was me expressing my ludicrous privilege to just imagine that somebody would take care of it because up until that point, I, white lady, you know, I've experienced stuff because I am a woman, but I had a lot of privilege because of my whiteness. And that was on me to like recognize that. And I didn't at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just, things had been taken care of for me. And not everyone has afforded that privilege of just being able to assume like the system will take care of it because the system hasn't been taking care of it for them. Yeah. And I think that I am grateful that I've also had the privilege to be able to step back and, and view that with fresh eyes that I've been able to sort of hear people who have said challenging things and I've been able to be like okay that's that is a very different experience and I need to sort of own up to that and listen to that and um, I think that unfortunately not everyone is in the position where they're able to step back and say like what is my privilege or what is what is the thing that's getting in the way of my privilege? Yeah. Um, and do something about it. Because I think we are all kind of, as much as I was like, oh, an adult will take care of it because so far in my life, adult had taken care of it. Um, that for some people, they don't even get that opportunity to say an adult will take care of it because they are so busy with their jobs that they are trying to make rent, that they are, you know, not having a career, they're having a series of jobs. Yeah. Um, they don't have, you know, generational home ownership property ownership that they can rely on and i think that there is a lot in the system that encourages people to be less engaged to encourage people to sort of hand over their power and hand over their education mm -hmm. and this is the thing you're sort of talking about like wikipedia education yeah of the law and I feel like, frankly, if we're all in this system that's being governed by the law, that we're being dictated, at the end of the day, we're going to be held to this thing, we ought to know it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have an answer for that yet right now. Like, how do you get people more engaged with the law? How do you get that information across to them? I mean, this, certain, this particular scenario we're in currently, at least civic engagement, people seem to be a little more, wait, why can't I do that? Oh, this is this law that I just learned about. Now I want to learn about that law. Yeah. You know? Now I want to learn how I can be more engaged, more involved. I saw you responded to someone's tweet the other day that was like, you know, if this sort of white supremacist attitude or idea it's persistent and unless you're actively fighting it you're you're and you're white you're kind of taking advantage of it mm -hmm. so what are you doing to combat it and your response was like i'm i left entertainment i'm in law i'm i'm and then i deleted to... it because i felt like such a shithead responding it's like end of the day i should just be listening no i was mean, <laughs> oh, sorry to bring it up if you want me to cut no, this I no can. no no it's fine it's fine because i thought it was you know i and that was the my last thing was listening because that for me has been the biggest thing is i remember you know again 22 reading on some some blog and it was women of color who were saying white feminists have failed women of color and my first gut reaction was to be like no i haven't <laughs> and then it was a yes i had 
and B, like it wasn't about me. And here I was making it about me. Yeah. And like my job in that moment, even if I didn't agree with them, end of the day I did, but even if I didn't agree with them, my job was to shut up and listen to another person's experience. And they are giving me the privilege of seeing the world through their eyes, seeing their experience through their eyes. Yeah. And I was coming in you know, stomp, 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 shitty white person being like, no, it's about me. And how can I make it about me? And um, so I think that's ultimately kind of why I deleted that was I sort of felt like I didn't want to be like, here I am making it about me. Although the whole premise of the the tweet was to be like, what are you doing? It was, there was a yeah, question. I feel like she specifically asked, and if I'm her, if I had written that, I would love to see beyond just like a bunch of cat gifts sent back or GIF, however you say yeah. it. Uh, I would like to see someone earnestly say, even if it's, I'm going on Saturdays and I'm working here, I'm volunteering my time, or yeah. I'm doing this. You go, okay, people are out there trying. If if I had written something like that, which, who knows, it's just an avatar that tweeted it. It could be some lonely white dude in a basement somewhere, unless there's a check Could be a, a Russian bot. <laughs> could be a bot, so we don't know who's, but even still, if someone's just trying to get market research, maybe it is the alt-right. They're like, who's out there fighting against us? Yeah, we're going to create a list. <laughs> I would want to know. I'd want to see like, okay, people are doing stuff. So, yeah. so I feel like that tweet would have been worthwhile for the author of it. And I was, you know, I was kind of combing through it because I was trying to figure out like, what is a way to get people, I don't know, more educated? Like there needs to be like law church where it's like, come on Sundays. Because we it shouldn't be this thing where it's like you were sort of saying like, oh, my friend said this thing about the law and now I know it. Now I know how to apply it like this idea of like well if you get pulled over you don't have to roll down your window and then yeah. you don't have to let like we shouldn't be passing this around like like a whisper network of yeah. the system that we live in it's the same thing as when you're an artist i remember this thing i don't know if you've ever encountered this when i was an artist it was like oh especially as a student if you're copywriting something like put it in the mail and mail it to yourself and yeah. that would be You've officially copyrighted it. Doesn't do anything. Or if uh, fair use, fair use is you change it twice. So if you have an image you want to use in your film, just flip it and make it blue and you've changed it twice. It's no longer copyright anymore. <laughs> Not true. Yeah. Um, and we shouldn't have to be trading these weird like rumors of what the law is yeah. to each other. Because we're ultimately judged by it, too. We're going to be held to it. Mm -hmm. And the worst feeling is somebody who's, you know, done something and they don't know how to, they don't know what their rights are exactly. They don't know how to advocate for themselves. And, you know, that is where a public defender will come in or a good lawyer will come in and be that source of knowledge for them. Yeah. But I think even just how we, the choices that we make, we're talking about, like, is this person really making that choice if they don't have the knowledge about? Yeah. And I don't I don't know what the answer is other than like a Law for Dummies book, which shouldn't be what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but even stuff getting passed around and who knows, you know, sometimes, you know, how much can you vet the source of it? Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, well, this cap action tweet seemed to show how I could... Uh, interact with an ICE agent if they wanted to stop my friend. And I would say, you know, oh, that subpoena that you have is not signed by a federal judge. I have a subpoena right here. It's signed by a judge. No, that's a, an appellate court judge that doesn't really have any jurisdiction. There was those sort of things where I'm like, I don't even remember the specifics of it, but I did see someone fighting off ICE by just pointing out like the legalities within the subpoena that they were mm -hmm. showing this person. Uh, Colin Kaepernick does the I Know My Rights 
mm-hmm. um, thing where just going around to schools and just showing kids like here's what you can and cannot do here's where you should put your hands here's how you respond yeah Here, they cannot make you get out of your car they can't make you do this and this and this for people to know those things just the basics where and i've seen people lately and we should like know it like not have like a general sense of it like it should be something where it's like you you know it on a deep level so when you're in a stressful environment when when you're under that pressure because when you are in, when you have those moments where you are engaging with the law it tends to be oftentimes like the worst part of a person's yeah. life is that moment where mm-hmm. they're suddenly interfacing with the law like you should be able to call that knowledge forth <laughs> people i've seen lately a number of mostly like on twitter people being hard on public schools for teaching square dancing which one i remember that was like a gym class thing so it was an activity it's it like is kind of weird it's like a race thing or i did it at my school and we were like pretty mixed i don't think it's a race thing i think it was just like uh hey we want to get you interacting with each other and being active but the fact that we don't know how the federal reserve works as a country why not work a little harder <laughs> to teach <laughs> that Wait, they were mad that we were teaching kids square dancing because that was time that they could have been using to teach kids about the Federal Reserve. Is or the that? law. Or oh, things, okay. You know, so uh, yeah, I do think like just a cursory knowledge of some of these things would be beneficial. Like, yeah. hey, here's how the stock market works. You don't, you have to go to like grad, you know, or a secondary school to a university yeah. to really get into that, uh, which I found it's just baffling. It seems like our general education or public education Knowing your rights, knowing a little... I mean, we learn government and at least the the Bill of Rights, if not maybe a handful of the uh, articles of the Constitution. You know, you got to remember like the preamble and mm-hmm. get all nervous to say that. But beyond that, just knowing those things, I think would be beneficial. Like you're saying like law, but you know, like a church thing of showing up like, okay, today we're going to go over this. This is... Yeah. And it's, you know, again, this was something where I was like, okay, I do want to pursue this was right after the election. I'm trying to remember where the heck I was, if I was still at Nickelodeon or if I was teaching at that point. I think I must have been teaching. Yeah, I went in the day after the election and my students were crying. (laughs) Um, And they were just like, is America over? What is going to happen? They were so... I mean, it was like all they had known was Obama, basically. Um, uh, So that was an interesting experience. Uh, And that was also my first semester teaching, which was the trial by fire. (laughs) So... um, I feel like I should apologize and also thank all those kids too. Yeah. Um, but like I threw a couple of like constitution reading parties in my house, which was literally like we all printed out the constitution and we just read through it. And like on the side, there was like the constitution. And then I actually meant to check it this morning. It didn't get around to it, but to see if they had still had it on the white house website or if it had been removed, but they used <laughs> to have a, the Constitution and next to it, like, the general interpretation of what these things meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am curious if that is still there, because a lot of things have been scrubbed. Yeah. And just, we just, like, read through the actual words. And, I mean, I had done that maybe as a third grader. It's interesting, the stage that we, like, learn yeah. about what the government is. But I think it's, like, we kind of, we do sort of need to have it taught at that age. But we also then we're just like, okay, cool. Like... Got yeah. it. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, you get into your twenties and you're like, wait, how many branches of the government are there again? <laughs> um, 
yeah seeing these videos that get passed around where like in a and one of the house committees the and we did this we did like a mock sort of mm-hmm. congress you know where we voted on bills and things like that and had vetoes and the whole biz um but forgetting like some of the specifics of there was one recently where Lindsey Graham just like pushed the vote through without taking without letting everyone get their vote and people were just openly going excuse me excuse me and he was like we're going to take the vote and then he, you know he would just like talk out to the the person taking the minutes like just push through we're just going to go through this and people were like excuse me excuse me this is an egregious violation of protocol just take the vote and then so they went through and everyone just had to like cast their vote which maybe prior there would have been some chatting about it or little things where I was like I don't know government well enough to know what should have happened here, but this was weird to watch so many people go. Yeah, and it would be nice to like have a resource where you could go mm-hmm. and have some sort of answer. But again, it's like, is there what? What is an answer really? Um, yeah, I feel like again, it's one of those things. It's like it's our our ability to learn about it. And, you know, there's a part of me that wants to be like, this is like high school me who's like, man, it's all about keeping people in control and like, you yeah. know, they want to like limit our power. Um, there, There is some, some of that to that. Uh, and then I think part of it is it's also like easier for us to hand hand it over and trust that somebody will take care of it for us and yeah. just let them go and watch The Bachelor and... Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny you bring that up. That is the reason I dislike shows like that. When it's just frivolity and utterly <laughs> devoid of any kind of whatever that would be. Even if you read kind of a, a dumb book, at least you were reading. And I don't know why, but like it forces your mind to at least imagine the characters. Watching something dumb, you're not being asked to do anything. But then again, I mean, I I agree. There's a part of my mind that though is also like, well, don't don't people I mean, most people are busting their butts all day at a job that may not have a future, mm-hmm. that may not pay particularly well. Um, you know, are they getting dental? I don't know. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> it's still not an excuse to watch The Bachelor. <laughs> and maybe you do. Becomes... Like, you just need a, a space to turn your brain off a little bit. But then the ones controlling you, they're winning. They are controlling yeah, you. They yeah. are having you go to a job you hate, slave away your life, and then come home and be so exhausted that you don't in any way learn how the system operates, try to operate without outside the boundaries of it. You just cave into it and watch some CBS sitcom and go, all right, maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll I'll learn this stuff. Maybe yeah. tomorrow I'll see how how they're. Just... Maybe tomorrow Lisa will get braces. Yeah, it's too much. And I don't know. I feel like for me it has just been trying to get more comfortable with that discomfort, and then figuring out where do I actually want to push. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do want to push. That was the for sure. Like yeah, getting yeah. in there, getting involved. Because I feel like you know. One, through our one-on-one conversations. Two, just following one another digitally. You've, you're fired up. Like, this was impactful. The, the election, the 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 feeling that certain rights are going to be infringed upon, if not aggressively so, with a sort of Mike Pence-type agenda. Yeah. Then you saying, not on my watch, and getting in the trenches. <laughs> I feel like you were... I, I will say it is like there is something selfish about it, where it's like whenever something terrible happens, I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, cool, cool, like, I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like a stress relief to me to just be like, okay, just to put another another name on the list. <laughs> yeah. um, and knowing, of course, it's not all down to me, that it's it's a 
huge system, but I do wish there was a way to like get a sort of generational shift to that point. But also recognizing that for me, it's like a lot of my a lot of privilege that I have been able to do this. Yeah, that I do have the support system that I do have. That I do own a home. That I have the savings to do it. That I that I can pick up and change careers. And not everybody can do that. And it's yeah. like, how do we get people more involved? How do we in the capacity that they can be? And I don't think it's about shaming people into it and being like, why aren't you more politically engaged? That was what was what that? was that? Do you have like a like a jam jar that just? That was like, remember when we were talking about the... Yes, the popper. The popper. It was just like that, just out of nowhere. <laughs> it's probably a paint bucket. I see some paints oh, that are happening over here. Yeah. I had a... This, this, I mean, I say I own my home. I had paint buckets that were just out on the porch for like a year and a half. And always 11 o'clock. That was the, the time it would reach the right temperature. They'd all pop. <laughs> um, so I recognize that sound very well. Oh, that yeah. Good good ear. Yeah. I thought something had fallen, but you're right. It did sound like a... Yeah. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Did oh, just getting up and... Did you want another beer? I, I saw you finished your beer. Would you um, like more? I think I'm good. I mean, I've, okay. got, my, I've got my water, actually. I was, I'm trying to like not put it on a surface that'll make noise. Okay. Um, no, but you were saying adding another list or name to the list. Yeah. Kind of operating that way of like, I'll get to it. And then owning a home and being able to do that, which is sort of like Batman being in a yes. position to be yes. like, well, I have the resources. You can quantify or qualify that in any number of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're, you use the term privilege where like, you know, not a lot of people don't have that privilege. And then yet it's a calling and it is sort of like, you know, to go to school is an undertaking. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're like, well, I got this law degree that I got. I passed the bar just sitting here and I'm just sitting in this mansion feeding my birds. You know, that's like a whole new level of privilege where you're like, mm-hmm. well, I'm just squandering this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get to work. This is like you taking on a, a pretty big undertaking to go to school, to like commit the time and the yeah. finances to that, to doing it. So I think that earns you, that gets you some skin in the game, I suppose. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, for me, it feels like a really great click to just be like, okay, I actually have the information. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to apply it yet. I don't know how to, I don't know all of it yet, but I have the ability to actually, I mean, even dumb stuff like, you know, trying to figure out like bu- BuzzFeed let go of a lot of people mm-hmm. a year ago. And uh, there were some circumstances that people had questions about. And the fact that I, I mean, I can't provide any legal advice, but I could go on to Lexis and just personally me for myself, be like, what are the California laws regarding X, Y, Z? Let let me dig into this. Let me see the case law on this. Let me find out what the the labor codes are here. Uh Um, Oh, sorry. Um, And... That was amazing, and I feel like everybody should have that. That would be um, something at Law Church that you would share, like, here are the labor codes, and here's how BuzzFeed violated them, something like that. Mm, I won't go so far to say that. Oh, regarding- yeah, we're not slandering <laughs> Here's how they Has may or may her, not have. How uh, BuzzFeed f- f- um, <laughs> may have violated it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to, like, I would like to find a way for people to get more access to it and to feel like they can do it because I think a lot of people are just like I'm not smart enough for I don't have the time for it 
a lot of my friends are like, oh, I couldn't do law school. And I'm like, dude, if I can do law school, like literally <laughs> anybody can do law school. Like, People always I'm say that to terrible, do stuff, terrible student in undergrad, always like a B, solid B student. I know maybe you some A's, very maybe like, some C's. I don't know. You're punctual. You you have a certain air about you that is, this feels like you don't sleep in often. You know, like it seems like you've got your act together. I think you need that to go to law school for sure. Well, I think part of it is the way that law school is taught. And I think the way that law school is taught is very much like you have to be this kind of person. And I don't think that should be the case. I think law school should find a way to be more accessible to people that aren't poli-sci majors, that Mm -hmm. don't have lawyers for parents, that are late sleepers, that are weird artists, that learn in different ways. I think it's like, you know, I look at the way that we taught language you know, in 2000s high school versus the means of like learning language now, uh, there was a kid that I was working with this summer who was teaching himself Japanese and he was like on an app. He was like, yeah, I do 20 minutes in the morning and then, you know, in a couple hours it'll give me a little reminder because that's scientifically like when the brain starts to forget and, Hmm. you know, he had taught himself a thousand symbols and words and he was starting to like, we would walk around little Tokyo and he'd be like, oh, that's that word. Um, Versus, like, I was a terrible student at language. And I think it was because it was like, well, this is how you learn language. This is the one way to do it. And the fact that now we can be like, no, people actually learn in different ways. And maybe some people do learn languages very successfully in the traditional way. But maybe it needs, maybe we need to find different ways of approaching that. Are you finding that in your program that it is one size or one? Here's how we've taught law for 50 years and this is how we're teaching it. I or? think a little bit. I think they are starting to, it's like, like web law classes are more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in order to like broadly engage, you know, the citizenry with the law, mm-hmm. that it would need to really kind of think about how do people actually learn how can we how can we meet them where they're at as opposed to saying that in order to learn the law you need to be this kind of person Mm -hmm. because again we're all dictated by it and we're all different so how do we how do we get to that and i think that as a student as somebody who's gone back to school as somebody who's had a career and is coming in at an extremely advanced age, I feel like I'm just like bumping it up <laughs> each time. Like, Is she like 75? I, start, I started at advanced and now I'm extremely advanced. <laughs> um, who's on death's door, basically. Uh, that That is something that I'm just aware. I mean, I showed up and I was like, I don't even know if I can study. Like mm-hmm. the last the last time I had to take an actual test in school, freshman year of college, that was 2003. Wow. Most of my fellow students were in the second grade the last time I had to take a call, like an actual school <laughs> exam. But then you said that exams went pretty well this year. They did. I was very happy with how I did. And especially given like I had like kind of a horrific year personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just going back to law school. Law school is tough enough as it is. Uh, and I I did learn how I learned. And I think part of it was being out there and working and Um, I had some really great bosses over the years in animation who really kind of taught me different ways of thinking and different ways of sort of being like diligent in my own work Mm -hmm. that then I could go and apply to law school. If I had tried to go straight from 
undergrad to law school, I would have just immediately fallen on my face. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> in part because I was an extreme weirdo at that point. Um, but I think that the ability to come in with a little bit more experience, a few more years on me, has kind of changed my how I view the experience and in relation to it seems like most of my other students who are coming there's a fair number who've gone straight from undergrad to law school which I'm just like don't do that <laughs> like go out have a few years like like ex- life. yeah experience some things screw up because like that's your time to do it and mm-hmm. you're going to hit 26 and your body's going to fall apart on you and but are some of them you know because we joked in the first one about like you know Yale undergrad Harvard law school and just on the track and this is what everyone in my family has always done and and beyond that it's just i'm wired up to be type a competitive i want to be the top of the class i want to beat you on the test i want to win every case and so this suits how i'm wired up Mm -hmm. is there some of that that you're seeing there definitely is Mm -hmm. i mean i think that that's going to be any any profession though i think in entertainment you're going to have the person who's like i want to be you know the head of netflix and i'm going (laughs) to step on everybody yeah um I think law school, I have met some people who were like, well, it was this or med school. Yeah. Or it was this or get my MBA. Some of it just comes down to it is a good career. And so that goes back into like the... But Lord knows the world has enough lawyers. It does it though? <laughs> I mean, because you hear like courts being backed up and obviously there are enough attorneys to handle it. Yeah. But then are there enough good ones where someone, you know, people are firing their counsels or their counsels, their counselors signing like their counsel daily, right? Yeah. So they're looking for someone better. So I guess there will be a pecking order where. We'll oh, there, see. there's probably yeah, some sh- shadiness, just like in any field, shady doctors, shady lawyers. Yeah. Back of the bus ads, you know, did you get rear-ended? Call me. So weird that that person went to law school and then just afterward decided, I'm just going to be att- going after insurance companies, putting my clients in neck braces every day. But, you know, you get put in a ne- neck brace maybe you deserve some money for that you <laughs> yeah. know somebody's got to be there for that mm-hmm. so even the even the small stuff you know needs to be pushed because that's that's how you hold companies accountable yeah um do you think do you think it's weird sorry to jump in i, I know you're like chewing on a thought there but with like someone like kamala harris she's so compelling to watch in these you know committees where she's grilling people and that you can see like the the prosecutor side of her where it's just like this logic and then this cunning sort of reason and an ability to get people to like contradict themselves or Mm. be speechless and then we see her as someone that maybe was the ambitious type a like i'm finishing undergrad i'm going right into it i'm passing the bar i'm going to be a district attorney and then i'm i'm running for public office and then i want to be the president one day and i think when we look at that it feels like the general consensus some people love that and like that's who we need it's fun to think of her just shredding trump she would just annihilate him in a one-on-one thing Mm -hmm. the other side is people see kind of like a tiger there that is it is too much that almost. It's too like type A. It's too yeah. You know, there's 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 some softness to it that maybe people want to see, and I don't know why. It's because she's a lady. Is that it? But I think if it was a if it were a male doing that same thing, I think there'd be like a whew, This person is intense. I don't know. Would it be, would it seem as intense if it were? Yeah, good dude? question. Would it feel more like oh, he's he's just really strong and you know. Yeah. He's more neutral. He f- she feels more intense because she's that behavior, but 
in a in a female body. What I like about it, and this is just personally, I feel all the things you're talking about. Like you can just for her, I feel like it has been more difficult, objectively so. Mm. And her demeanor and countenance is very like, I don't care. I'm still going to overcome it. You can kind of see how much harder she's had to work and take a level of pride in that. Mm-hmm. And I do like seeing that. I love that. I think that she's just like. I will win and that will that will matter regardless of what's stacked against me or if I have to come, overcome more obstacles than you do or did. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think a certain kind of personality is like drawn to the law mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I do wish that the law could be more approachable for different kinds of personalities. So just as many quiet internal weirdos are getting involved because quiet internal weirdos exist in the country and yeah, or should. my cousin Vinny types. Yeah, yeah. And I think because, you know, there's different kind of plaintiffs out there, there's different kind of defendants out there, and, and your ability to, like, connect with whoever is representing you. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, the law shouldn't be privileged to aggressive people. And that, you know, that pops up in law school, that there's people who certainly, I think it's less so now that it's more accessible. Like, nobody can go to the stacks and pull out cases from books so nobody else can read it. <laughs> but there's a little bit of, like, you know, individuals who pass out bad information about what happened in class or what, oh, what a yeah. case said. Um, when I first started doing stand-up, there was a bit of that. What are you doing tomorrow night? Oh, nothing. And then you'd go watch a show and that person would be on the show. And like, why don't you tell me? And it was clearly like, I didn't want you horning in on this. I, I didn't want any competition. I yeah. wanted to do this show. And like, okay. And I think for me, it's the thing is I just have to be like, well, that's that's that gets to be their choice. Mm-hmm. And it might not be the choice that I make. But uh, to quote the movie Contact... With Jodie Foster. <laughs> yeah. The world is what you make of it. Ashley and I have one thing in common. That's to pursue the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Just quoting contact. I still have like a visceral memory of watching that in a movie in my like local New Jersey movie theater, like eating Chinese food. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Being bummed at the end. <laughs> I don't know. I went to the VLA like two summers ago for the express purpose of like being like, yeah, contact. Oh, nice. VLA. Um, Is there, I wanted to ask this too, in your class, and this might, we were talking about the cult kids and you kind of inundating them with, here's culture. Mm-hmm. And this might predate us and yet we're aware of it, but like the Andy Griffith sort of Matlock uh, mm-hmm. attorney slow paced and well now refresh my memory is there anyone <laughs> like that you know I think there's a, I think there's not and I think that's it's interesting because I think they are so driven that a lot of them haven't experienced a ton of like culture outside of what they're interested in mm-hmm. which is a plus and a minus there's a part of me that's so jealous of these kids that like come in and it's like their parents were lawyers and they've already like interned in a few law offices and they like actually know the environment but, you know, they don't know anything prior to 2003. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's good to just be sort of a well-rounded whole human. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, then I have to cut them slack because, like, I got to think about where I was at at 24. Yeah. And, like, I think a lot of them are going to get out and then get into working in the law, maybe realize they love it that's their career forever some of them are going to get into the law and realize not quite it and maybe pivot to something slightly different some of them are going to get into the law and be like i hate it yeah and then they're going to have to do the same soul searching that you know anybody in their 30s or 40s or 50s has to do and try and figure out what they want to do next Mm -hmm. um so i don't think 
it's easy to look at them and be like, oh, you're so directed. You know exactly what it is that you're doing. But at the same time, like, they kind of they don't. Yeah. And so I think that's where it's like the, like, do they do they know these references or they are they this person? And maybe not. And then when they're not that, to be able to cut them slack. I remember one kid in a class said something. We were reading a case involving a rape that was very much like a he said, she said sort of case. And somebody framed rape as aggressive flirtation. And everybody was just like, what now? Uh, really, you know, I got pretty pissed. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I had to remember like, oh, this this individual is 24, 25 and doesn't necessarily understand the impact of their words at the same time to be 24, 25 and held to standards of like a 15 year old is a little unfair. And I think it's very easy for us to look at certain individuals in society and say like, oh, well, they're just a kid. Yeah. And then flip side is when somebody is an actual kid to be like, well, they're a, an adult. We're going to try them as an adult. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, just that style of thinking seems very practical, rational, objective. Do you think you were always that way or has like being going into this helped you to, and oh, I an, think it's deep childhood trauma has gotten me there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it seems very empathetic to see someone. I refer, think that's a, like, something I'm good at. Yeah, uh, and I think that's maybe part of what drew me to the law uh, was was empathy and just really caring about people. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that drew me to development too was because it was like people have ideas. How can I help them get those ideas yeah. out there? Um, Which I will say, and I'm sure I've probably told you this before, but like when you go in as someone trying to get your little idea out in the world, it feels like everyone is, in you know, an obstacle. Like they are against oh, you. yeah. And you were definitely one of the few that it never felt that way, that you were like, oh, sweet idea. Let's see if we can get this made. And that was really rare. Because you've got this like beautiful little baby bird of a heart of your idea. Mm-hmm. And you're like, can I hand you my baby bird? And people are just like, no. Yeah, they're and almost excited to say no. Just drop it right there. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just step on this bird. <laughs> um, and I think that was something that I always wanted. I mean, in part because I was coming from an arts background uh, and had sort of not quite been through that experience, but certainly been through the experience of like, you're, you don't approach an idea as IP. Mm-hmm. You know, you approach it as this is like based on my childhood and these are my friends and this is an idea I've been working on for 10 years or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is that somehow you have to get your heart invested somehow and in trying to be very respectful of that for artists that were coming to the table. And I think, again, kind of talking about like other law school students, just kind of, again, like recognizing how tough it was for me and therefore how tough it's going to be kind of for everyone else. And, you know, I think, like, my own, like, personal uh, hill I'm going to sacrifice myself on when it comes to law school is, like, mental health and the law. Because mm-hmm. it's that's one thing that's been slightly a bit of a culture shock is having always been in sort of arty schools or arty professions where it's, like, everyone's, like, talking about their therapist or, like, yeah. sh- like oh, you don't like your therapist? Like, here's, here's mine. <laughs> Check them out. Or, like, like... Uh, like, what kind of therapy systems have you tried? Mm-hmm. You know, here's what I found successful or not successful. And I see people who are in this environment that's so high pressure and uh, really demanding. And a lot is at stake, not only just like money, but sometimes like literally people's lives. Yeah. And, and then I see everything where it's like, 
come hang out and socialize, there'll be alcohol. Yeah. Um, come to this school event, there'll be alcohol. Come join this social club, there will be alcohol. And the system that gets in place of like, if you're stressed in law school, alcohol. Yeah. Uh, if you're trying to socialize in some with your fellow students, alcohol. Uh, That's so weird because it is one thing that I noticed from a very small sample size but I was at a wedding and I was talking to a guy who had been an attorney public defender for not long five years but Mm -hmm. five years every day all day just case 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 where he was miserable and then he had transitioned to where he still worked within the legal system but he was more of like a hiring person I Mm -hmm. mean and he was like I interview huge names to work you know sometimes I'll be compositing or compiling a team for a big energy company or you know Mm -hmm. a massive fortune 500 company and so I have to really vet the candidates and put together a good team and he's like but that's so much less stressful because I'm not daily seeing people's futures hinge on my ability to defend them Mm. and so he was like I go what what got you out of it he's like Honestly, like I saw myself drinking way more than I wanted to and all my friends. It just became so stressful that you kind of started self-medicating, coming home at the end of the day and just having a little bit and then a little bit more. And I had seen that in a friend and was like, that worries me because you would maybe subconsciously just take that. And especially to hear that maybe during school it was already feathered in there. That's weird. And I don't think it's something that the school is willing, like purposely doing. And I think it's also it's an age thing. I mean, like. I got to 28 and I just couldn't have more than like a glass of wine or I was horrifically hungover. Mm -hmm. So I just physically can't do it. Whereas, you know, 23 year olds, they can have knock back 12 beers and then be at class at 8 a.m. the next day. Um, So I have to sort of cut them a little bit of slack in terms of what their body can handle. But it's like, oh man, if you you get the system too strongly uh, drilled into the ground, it's going to be hard to get out of that rut. Yeah. And... Like, why not? You've got three years to, like, you know, figure your shit out a little bit. And why not use that time to, like, get some really good systems in place so when you are in an environment, I mean, law school is stressful enough, the job is going to be so much worse. Yeah. Uh, Why not try and get some of those uh, systems in place and support, like, built now? Mm -hmm. And... And why not just like as, I mean, as a nation, we probably need it. (laughs) But yeah, it is like, I've definitely, I had a professor who was like, there are some lawyers, there are some judges you need to get in front of before 10 a.m. Because during the day they'll be drunk? Because after 10, they're going to be drunk. That's frightening. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's like humans are fallible. Should they be that fallible in the law when they're when they're applying it? You know, maybe not. Maybe we shouldn't not. just be like, well, you know, alcoholism, <laughs> alcoholism is a thing. We should bake it into the legal system. Probably not. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that it would likely seems like it will not be um, a crevice that you could fall into or one of the classic um, perils or downsi- downfalls to people in a high stress environment that you're like, ah, I can't have more than a glass of wine. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I feel like I've taken up a lot of your time. We can keep going if you want to venture into some bonus territory. But first, I want to ask you a couple questions. Oh, sure. To, to, to finish up this part of it, at least. First, when this when you finish and pass the bar which we all know you'll do yeah uh then ultimate goal if you could say five and then 25 years later 
what would you want to have accomplished? What are you aiming to accomplish? Oh, what would have been the ultimate, like, this is the best I could I mean, done? I'm at the point where I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is I want to do. Mm-hmm. I should have showed up and I was like, the law. <laughs> so I want to do the law. But what capacity that takes me and I don't really know. And I think for me, the biggest thing is like, I want to advocate for people i want to be a good resource for people i want to feel like i always at the end of the day was making a choice that i was proud of Mm -hmm. and i think a big thing like i mean especially where i was working this summer there were some people that you would you would talk to and just their like their knowledge of the law was so clear and they'd be like oh this is a 1983 claim involving you know the fourth amendment and if it if i recall correctly the elements of this are xyz you may want to consider abc and you might want to look at like this case mm-hmm. and you're just like damn how do you do that <laughs> yeah and you know i saw that in development too where like my my old boss at nickelodeon like she would sit down with a project we'd been working on for like a year she would sit down with her 20 minutes and she'd be like oh you know like the second act we lose this thread line with this character and I just want to try tweaking it here and here. And you're just like, how did you see that? And then part of it's just like such, like a strong education. I mean, not just in school, but in the like career of it, where yeah. they are at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a point that I'd want to aim at. Nice. Okay, second question is not in the same. Um, and be a nice person. Hey, nice. Yeah. I think you're ahead of the game there by a long shot. Um, Okay, the second one is there's a button. And if you press this button, all of humanity is removed from the planet. Everything else stays the same, but just humans are gone. They go wherever they go. They feel no pain. They are just removed. (laughs) Would you hit the button? No. Not even close. No. So you believe in humanity. You're yes. an optimist. Yeah. Okay, good. I figured as much. Getting involved and in like <laughs> getting in the fight. It's I've wanted to get into the law because I hate humanity and would like all <laughs> humans to disappear. Well, sometimes you can't tell if people are like... Uh, I mean, I'm worried about our planet. Uh-huh. I hate the like literal New York Times headline this morning was like, humanity may run out of food mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. It's like, that's great. Like, it's <laughs> literally going to be a tank girl world. Yeah. Um tank girl so ahead of its time i know <laughs> in message and fashion yeah or uh, even Waterworld. i think they should remake Waterworld because it's so close to being a good movie <laughs> <laughs> i know we do need to talk about movies that are almost good but yeah really are just terrible biodome close or not close i never saw it oh it's i so think bad. i wanted to and i couldn't it, there was something in the first five minutes where even as a like a teenager i was like well this isn't for me if we want to talk about like why representation matters i remember watching home alone and home alone 2 and literally mentally editing a girl into the movie <laughs> i was like yes macaulay culkin is there but what if there was like a girl sidekick and then i could just be i could project onto her uh anyways um I don't know. We were talking about a button. Just being an optimist. Yeah, like yeah, hitting yeah. that button. I think some people... Like, the, the world is a messy place, and it's scary, And but at the same time, like, the only way it's going to be fixed for humans is humans. Mm-hmm. That's the only answer. And yeah, you know, it's a bigger, messier system than that, and maybe there won't be humans, you know? Maybe the dinosaurs were sitting around being like, if there was a button, they would just get rid of all of the dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, would you... <laughs> Guys, we'll push just... it and he was like I couldn't because my arms are too short I can't reach it <laughs> hey <laughs> uh, there's a there's a reason why I like to like look at space and think about space and time and 
other planets and um there was a, a town i used to live in way up north where you could hike up a mountain and find seashells at the top of the mountain you could just drag them right out of the ground cool and so you know maybe humans not here forever but by golly as long as they are i'm gonna want to be involved in it somehow and i feel like the more that we're just like oh we're doomed then like yeah you'll you'll make that thing happen if you look at you being out there leading the charge getting involved being a difference thinking globally acting locally (laughs) (laughs) it's impressive and um it's commendable and a number of other positive um i mean trust me i dicked around and was very selfish for a long time and like didn't get it yeah for a long time sure and who knows whoever gets it but at least while you're trying to get it this time Mm -hmm. you will be uh, applying your extensive knowledge your education your tenacity all the things that you'd like to you know and that's again why watching the bachelor is so disappointing because (laughs) people are giving in to that other impulse the one that just needs to like let their brain just dumb down yeah and so for you to go the other way and like i'm going to engage it more i'm going to challenge myself i love it i think it's great okay those were the questions <laughs> those are the two okay where do you want to be and would you hit that button and i think that's it maybe i'll come up with a third at some point but this has been great thanks for doing it yeah thanks for having me sure well i hope you enjoyed that i don't see how you couldn't she's just fantastic i really enjoyed chatting with joanna and as you heard there is more in the patreon bonus content if you do subscribe to the patreon it, it not only allows you access to sometimes more than one per month full episode of um, bonus material, full episodes. Sometimes it's shorter, 15 minutes or so. Uh, other times it's an entire episode. and But more than that, it uh, allows the show to keep going with with no ads. The show is made possible by contributions from listeners just like you. And I try to keep it ad-free. So thank you to those of you who do Subscribe to the Patreon and contribute. It means a lot. I appreciate it. One day, perhaps Dan and I will get to actually meet in person as we have yet to do. He is just the two of us putting the show together. He's engineering, uh, or I'm doing, I guess, the engineering, as you would technically call it that, but he's editing and making it sound great from Australia. One day, hopefully, we'll get to meet. Okay, I think that's it. As I mentioned, uh, Boise, Idaho, this coming weekend at the Lounge at the End of the Universe, and then in uh, Minneapolis at Acme Comedy Company. I'm excited to see you there. I hope you come out and mention you're a Space Burger. I'll give you some sort of a discount or a free something, a sticker, a DVD, who knows. You can check out One-Headed Beast, my most recent stand-up comedy release. It's on Roku Channel and Amazon Prime. So if you have misgivings about Amazon, just watch it on Roku. And if you have Amazon Prime, regardless of how you feel about that, you can watch it on there. A lot of ways for you to see it. Thanks again to Grant and Brian here in Bend, uh, getting to hang out at the Worthy Brewing Company and uh, see the Observatory. Thanks to Trina again for suggesting that. It really worked out. Such a cool experience. I hope to be back. Maybe we'll even do a live space cave from here at some point. Anyway, here's a song called Kids in the Dark from Bat for Lashes. Thanks for stopping by the Space Cave. <laughs>